as we think about God as Father, I recognize that we humans have experienced all kinds of things with our fathers. Some of us may have had fathers that we would consider so good and some maybe not as good. But when we reflect some on God as Father, how he responds as a father, briefly, and then think about that in relation to fathers. So whatever our father may have been, or whatever he is at the present time, I would encourage you to reflect on God as father and who he is and how he wants to respond. And I would pose a question, a thought question, not looking for a response. Are our lives lived in such a way as fathers that our children ask questions? Are our lives lived in such a way as fathers that our children ask questions? Dad, why did you lose your job rather than lie for your boss? Dad, why did we spend our vacation money helping three widows and our vacation time helping three widows rather than going on vacation? Dad, I heard Ray Cease talking to you about your attitude toward the government. Why was he doing that? Dad, why did Arden, or why did you ask Arden to pray for you about a job situation? Questions coming from children as we live and sensitivity to God. As we think about God as our Father, you will find that people ask questions of God, ask questions of Christ. God is also a very question-asking God, and Christ is a question-asking Savior. And as you think about God and who He is, we want to think about God as a Father God's blessing is upon fathers who father in God's way according to his will. Fathers are fathering accomplished in his, God's way has God's blessing. God desires to bless men. It's his character and his nature. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 1. <clears throat> Won't be looking at any one passage in great detail, but the whole concept of God desiring to bless people. <clears throat> and along the same line, God's blessing comes before the commandment. God tells us what to do, how to live, how to respond. But his blessing comes before he gives that command. 
In Genesis chapter 20, or chapter 1 and verse 28, on day 6 of creation, God created Adam and Eve in his image. And in verse 28, God blessed them. Now notice he blessed them and said to them, the blessing comes before, saying, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over every living creature that moves on the ground. God blessed them. Go to chapter 9 and verse 1. After God has chosen to destroy the earth with a flood, as Noah and his family come out of the ark, God says in Genesis 9 and verse 1, or Scripture says, Then God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. God blessed Noah and his sons. Go to Genesis chapter 12. Sometime later, God calling Abraham. Genesis 12 and verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country your people, and your father's household. And go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now over to the New Testament, to the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, we find relating to God, relating to Christ. In Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, he's talking about living out that relationship in our day-by-day living. And Paul begins the book of Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, writing to saints, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And then he goes on to list some of those spiritual blessings. But writing to saints, to the faithful in Christ Jesus, and he says, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Repeatedly from Genesis through Revelation, you find that God is out to bless. He wants to bless. He blesses people. Before he says, here's what I want you to do, here's how I want you to live and respond, he gives a blessing. Now what does it mean to be blessed? In the Old Testament, the idea of blessing is to be endued with power for success or prosperity in obedience. So in Genesis 1, when God blessed Adam and Eve, he's giving them the power for success, for prosperity, for them to be obedient in what God has, or what he had called them to do. Or we could say it's enablement to live in obedience to God from desire. The idea of blessing is enablement. to walk with God. In the New Testament, the idea of blessing, it's an invocation of good 
It's benevolence. Or it's resources to be obedient to God. Again, in the New Testament, you'll find that God blesses over and over again. Ephesians 1, been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Whatever your case may have been with your father, if it was good or is good, think about God as blessing. He blesses. He enables. He gives the resources you need to live in sensitivity to him. As earthly fathers, God has given us some responsibility. And again, we're not looking at specific scripture, but they spring from a lot of scriptures. As fathers, I think one of the primary responsibilities we have is to know the head, Christ. To walk in the Spirit. Just to know Christ. Experience Him. To walk with Him. To have a deep sensitivity to the Spirit. Being aggressive, not passive. And we can walk in sensitivity to Christ as our head. We can walk in sensitivity to the Spirit because He has blessed us. Also, as we think about fathers, to lead, to love their mother. When I say their mother, I'm talking your children's mother or your children's grandmother. It's interesting that God talks about the husband-wife relationship before He talks about the parent child relationship. So God has blessed us, guys, so that we can love our children's mother. We can love our grandchildren's grandmother. I think those are just core as we walk with God and Father. And then the whole issue of relationships. Writers of Scripture talk about relationships that dads have, that believers have with others before they talk about relationships with children. So we think about fathers. He says, don't exasperate, Paul talks about, don't exasperate your children. I think one of the primary ways a father can exasperate his children, is to fail to give them a blessing. To fail to enable them to live in sensitivity to God because he has walked with God, he has known Christ, he's been sensitive to the Spirit and is loving their mother. So son or daughter <clears throat> moves into marriage and son or daughter says, Dad, I don't have a clue as to how to be a husband or to be a wife because you did not bless me. That stands in contrast to son or daughter saying, Dad, thank you for teaching me with your motto through Scripture how to be a godly 
husband, a godly wife. That's blessing. He says, don't exasperate. Also, dad's just training and instructing day by day, formally and informally. Our kids probably catch, and our grandkids catch as much informally as they do formally. I think both are important, but they catch so much just in day by day living. I observed, and I know my siblings observed, the way mom and dad related. My mother will laugh about this at the present time, but she didn't years ago. My grandparents who lived in Richfield, about three miles from the farm where I grew up, they had a habit of coming out to get gas. My dad had a gas tank and they would come out and get gasoline for the car from my dad. And they seemed to have a habit of always coming at mealtime. So what would happen? My grandfather would be out pumping gas. My grandmother would come in. And then granddad would come in sometimes. But they wouldn't eat with us. So we're sitting around the table. And then they sit behind us in chairs, you know, while we're eating. My mother hated that with a passion. And then on top of it, sometimes my grandfather wouldn't come in. And when it was time for my grandmother to go out, you would hear the honk, honk. You know, and she was supposed to run out. And, you know, mom had an issue with that. And I can remember very distinctly when my oldest brother, Orv, got married. This was after the wedding, and I think a couple days later. She didn't say it to Orv. She said it to the rest of us. I will never go visit Orville and Diane unless I'm invited. I learned a lot from mom saying that and then observing dad's response to that. Because dad's response was this. Nothing. I learned a lot about how to be a husband just by observing dad in some circumstances like that. But the whole idea of training and instruction for daily living, Paul says also don't embitter your children or they will become discouraged. There's various ways to embitter children. But let's look at the positive side as just a consistent lifestyle will tend to move your children away from embitterment. But they still may become embitter. And then in light of the verse that we had at the top of the bulletin, just encourage, comfort, and urge children. That's all involved in blessing your children and enabling them to live in sensitivity to God in daily life. The whole issue of model is very, very important. Just the way we as Fathers live day by day. In relation to my own father, and I realize my father was different than some fathers. Basically, 
When I asked my dad for something, I got a yes answer. I rarely got a no answer from dad. Whatever I asked for, dad would say yes. Well, it must be nice to have a dad like that. Well, part of that came from dad's model. Dad was consistent. I knew what he would say yes to, and I knew what he would say no to. And he would always say no to the same things, and he'd always say yes to the same things. So why even ask him about certain items when I knew the answer was going to be no? So I knew what to ask him for. I knew he wanted to bless. I knew he wanted to give. So I'd say, Dad, can I have the car tonight and go see Ruth Ann? Well, sure, you may have the car tonight and go see Ruth Ann. Is there gas in it? I don't know. If there isn't, go out to the pump and fill it up. Have a good time. He didn't tell us what time to be home. He figured we knew enough to be home because we had to get up the next morning to do barn work. You know, and so on. There was a model. All of us did not have a father who was a consistent model. But you as men who have fathers, whatever your age, wherever you are in life, just live a godly model day by day, teaching God's word formally and informally in a deep dependency upon God. Sometimes we dads need to get on our knees and say, God, I don't know much about fathering. I just don't do too well. I blow on it quite often. Here I am 20 years into this or 30 years into it, and I still blow it. I need your help. Just humble. I can't. We can't. Just seeking to live from desire, not a duty. Boy, this father stuff is really difficult. But rather, in a sensitivity from desire. From blessed, not to be blessed. God, bless me. And if God were in the speaking business verbally, he might say, stop asking me to bless you. I've already blessed you. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. I've given you everything that you need to be a father and a grandfather. It's already there in Christ. Asking for wisdom is a little different situation, but God has already blessed us. To live. Lead, guide our children. Think about God's blessing on his children. And if you're a father, think about God has already blessed you. He's given you all that you need. We blow it at times, we make mistakes, and so on. But we can be sensitive to the Lord. What do children, take me to the applications chair, what do children need and long for from a father? Think about that question. What do children need and long for from a father? 
we may say, well, they're forever asking me for a bike or a ball or clothing. But what do children really need and long for from a father? A father who lives in Christ, knows God, and is seeking to walk in the Spirit. Now that can really look messed up sometimes because we fathers blow at it more than we like to admit. But even in that blowing, seeking to be sensitive to God. Children do not want the things we provide the many activities, the vacations, the sports, the computers, and so on. Oh, they beg for them, and they ask for them, and they demand them. But they want to hear no. As father, I want a relationship with you, son, daughter. I want to devote time to be with you. As big people, as adults look back, They longed for a father who walked with God, knew Christ, and walked in the Spirit. Things come along the way, and I'm not downplaying them, but what do they want? A blessing from Dad. That is the enablement how to live in life. I have a particular man in, man in mind now. He's about my age. To this day, his heart breaks because he wants dad's blessing. A man who has made his mark in the world materially far beyond most of what, or what most of us will do. A man who made his mark in the world in terms of having a great deal of influence. What's he want? Dad's blessing. You say, how do you know? I've interacted with the guy. Talked to him. Just desired God's blessing or dad's blessing God, or dad's enablement in how to live well. And to hear dad say, son, good job. Son, here's how you be a husband. Here's how you can be a father. Here's how you respond to money. Here's how you respond to it when things don't go well. Or our children who communicate, they want a host of other things. They'll beg and they'll plea for all kinds of things. And some of them, maybe they need to have. But they want us as fathers. Just as we want God as a father. Think about fathering. Fathers don't experience God's blessing until they act or obey. Just a practical comment. God, help me be a good father. And God says, well, act. 
Well, God, I want to know that the outcome before I act. He says, just act. So when uh, our children were younger and they did not always behave, we would physically correct them. And I can remember a number of times they're crying their eyeballs out as we would go back to the bedroom. And I would think, Dan, you can't do this. They're already crying. They're already saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're going to discipline them? I don't know how many times I would have thought, God, I can't. And God said, all I ask you is to obey. So when that process was done and I would hold them in their lap or on my lap and say, you know, you know what happened here, don't you? Dad's trying to obey his father so that you as a son can learn to obey your father. I love you. I care for you. But I had to choose to act before I realized the power. So here, Mike, Kids are older, and we're driving down the road in the car. And the kids are kind of rambunctious in the back seat. And Ruth Ann says, Dan, aren't you going to do anything? And we get a little further, and there's some rambunctious people in the back seat. And Ruth Ann again, you're not going to do anything? How do I respond to that? Am I willing to act biblically and say, honey, just bug off? I'm the boss around here. Or to say, honey, I'm the father. I will handle it. But the choice to act precedes experiencing the power. None of you will drive home from this service this morning without acting before you experience the power. Every one of you believe that when you get in that car, it will take you home. But it will not take you home unless you act, put the key in the ignition and start it and put it in gear. So God over and over says, I want you as a father to act. Then you'll experience the power. Another possible comment, a father cannot be effective, the father if he neglects faithful, consistent body life, corporate worship, and following an earthly shepherd. Again, springing from scriptures. Another application, we guys, please don't use excuses. I was taught differently or I've always been this way. Where's the way I was raised? Christ's power changes us as we act. Guys, don't blame your past. (laughs) My dad was basically a silent man a lot of times. I watched mom and dad interact and... uh, 
Dad could be with other men, and they just, yakety yak yak. And then he'd get with mom, and it was, hey, Jacob. You know, and he would answer in a word or two. And so I could say to Ruth Ann, that's the way I was raised. I'm not a man of many words. I'm a man of few words. Just love me and accept me the way I am. Or I can say, Christ is at work in me. I can learn from my father. My wife needs to hear many words. I still haven't arrived, I'll admit that. <laughs> These many words. And I share more than what I may have experienced with that. I'm not criticizing my dad. That's where he was. I love my dad and care deeply for him. How many of us as fathers? have taught our kids how to admit we're wrong and seek forgiveness from our wives and from our children. I can say I didn't see that in my father but I don't have to live that way. So I can go to Ruth Ann as I have many times over the years, honey, I'm really sorry. That was wrong. It was sin. I already took care of it with God. Will you forgive me? And if the kids were involved, doing that in the presence of the kids so they can see that I am sensitive to God. We're going to the children, and I've done this more than I like as they were growing up, going to the kids and say, Dad didn't have the whole picture. I'm sorry, I was wrong in how I responded. Will you forgive me? See, we can look at our past and we can make excuses and say, well, I didn't grow up this way, I didn't grow up that way. But still, a deep sensitivity to God that He can produce change in us. So if the Lord tarries and I'm alive 10 years from now, I trust I'll be able to say to my kids or to my grandkids, you know, Dad's still in the process of changing. In the last 10 years, he's different than he was 15 years ago. Because God is at work in us. We have God's blessing. And he desires just to help us day by day. As you think about fathering, I want you to keep in mind that the enemy that we battle does not tell us what the future looks like in light of the present. The enemy, Satan, will not whisper into our minds or whisper in some way, Dad, if you continue to be angry with your children, this is what it'll be like 20 years from now or 30 years from now. 
He doesn't work that way. Dad, if you continue to love your children's mother with a passionate desire, it's going to impact your children in a very positive way. You don't tell us that either. But in the negative part, the enemy doesn't warn us down the road what's coming. If we don't walk in sensitivity to God. And that doesn't mean if we are basically good fathers, our children are going to always respond correctly. That's not where I'm coming from. But there's some things we can do that are going to have not so good result. But the enemy doesn't show us that. Dad, what were you and mom doing in the kitchen last night after we went to bed? And dad says, your mother and I were talking to God about your day tomorrow, your future job, your future mate, and the struggles you have with your friends. Dad, why did you take the shovel back to neighbor Dave tonight? You need it. You'll need it again. Dad says, son, God is a covenant-keeping God. I told Dave I would bring it back tonight. I was keeping my word. May our children say to us, Dad, help me to be like you as you're seeking to be like God. Help me to be like you as you're seeking to be like God. I said seeking. We haven't arrived. I'll close with an example from my father-in-law. I think Dick, my father-in-law, was 26 years old when he came to faith in Christ. He would have went through some tough things in life. When I came to know Dick, he had been a believer probably almost 20 years had some rough things in his life, <clears throat> displayed some things where he can mature in Christ, but he had matured greatly. If he was at a one, he was at a five or six. <coughs> and Dick desired to be sensitive to God, but again, he knew that he didn't always measure up. And I observed much about Dick just by watching how he inter- interacted with Ruth Ann's mother, Martha. Learned a lot about Dick. Now Martha. Or some other responses. But there was a marked change in Dick the last year of his life. He's an old man now. Having lived over 50 years with Ruthann's mother. Patterns have been developed and how he would respond to Martha. 
how he would respond to the, his children, the in-laws and the grandchildren. But Mark be, or, um, Dick became a markedly, markedly different man the last year of his life in responding to Martha. Much more gentle and humble and patient. And I think died a much richer man. He taught me by his example without saying a word. Dan, I've been married to this woman for many years. I have not responded well to her many times and I have not been the way I should be. But you're never too old to be sensitive to God, to be humble, to be gentle, to be patient. He left a legacy for me, for his grandchildren. That had an impact because I heard one of his grandchildren say, more than one of them, perhaps really changed, hasn't he? Guys, I don't care if you're 25, 40, 60, or 80, be a dad. Walk in sensitivity to God, and he wants to work. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful that we can call you Father. And as we think about the whole issue of being a father, we know that you are our Father through Christ. And so many times we as fathers look too carefully at our own lives and think, if I would have done this different, I would have done that different, maybe my children would have responded differently. We know that you always respond correctly, but yet we as your children don't always respond correctly. So may we grow in that freedom as fathers and grandfathers. Try not to be perfect as much as sensitivity to you, Father, because... We may blow it at times. We do well at other times. But whatever comes in our life, to be yielded to you. And Father, I think I express this for the fathers represented here this morning. We want to be men. We're striving to be sensitive to you as our Father, sensitive to Christ at work in us, walking in the Spirit. At the same time, we would confess that uh, There are many times we don't do as well as we might like. Yet if we have come to faith in Christ, we remain blessed and grateful for that, Father. So we need wisdom to grow in understanding what it means to be in Christ. Wisdom in loving our wives, wisdom in teaching, training our children, whether it be formally, informally. Grace, so that we can extend grace. The freedom, Father, to admit that we're imperfect, 
and then deal with that in our relationships with others. Father, we confess at times we're passive. We just kind of sit back and really don't seem willing to take responsibility. May you at times, or those times in grace, remind us that you have provided the resources we need to live in a dependency upon you. Father, may we not measure our success as a father by how our children may respond or how they may turn out or how they have turned out as they move into adulthood. But may we determine how we do as fathers by how we relate to you as a father. By humbly depending upon you, living with Christ as our life and walking in the spirit day by day. And Father, when we look at our shortcomings, may we not be consumed with ourself. May we be consumed with the riches of your grace and your forgiveness and that you continue to work. Keep us sensitive, Father, to being faithful. And for those of us here this morning, who may have had a good relationship with a father who seemed to care deeply. Those of us who are here that may not have had a good relationship with dad and a father who cared and may have responded anywhere the way he should have. Whatever our circumstance, may we come back to you again, Father, and grow in our understanding of who you are as a father, how you respond to us, and then reflect that in our relationships. And I pray, Father, that you might encourage children present this morning to seek to honor their father, to obey and respect their father, even when he may not be all that he should be. Because in doing that, they're learning to honor and obey and respect you as a father. And I pray, Father, that you would encourage those who are struggling this morning. Because as we have reflected on fathers, they may be thinking, I wish I could experience that or I wish I had experienced that, or I wish my husband or father would be different. May they not be consumed by that father, but come back to you and give them grace to rest in you. We love you, Father. I want to be yielded to you. In Christ's name, amen.